Hi, everyone, and welcome to Par 4 Parlay, the golf podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find us on X at Total Sports underscore 247. You can visit our website at Total Sports 247.podbean.com to listen to all episodes of all podcasts across the network. Consider subscribing to our newsletter as well, weekinweekout.substack.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. I use Podbean as my producer and my platform, and you can absolutely listen to the podcast there. But you can also listen on TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and most other major podcast platforms. Wherever it is that you rate, review, and subscribe will help promotion of the network, find new listeners, and get the word out there about what it is that we are doing here at the network. So any help on that front would be very much appreciated. This week, we have another signature event. It is the Genesis Invitational. Unique about this event is that it does have a cut. So there is a 71, I think, person field, and there will be a cut to where the top 50, or if you're 10 strokes within the field, you will also make it. So a small cut, but a cut nonetheless, which is a little bit unique for the signature events for this year. Before we get into the course and some of the players and some of our favorite bets, let's talk a little bit about what happened last weekend at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We had Nick Taylor winning in a playoff over Charlie Hoffman. It was a little bit of another unexpected victory on the tour this year. Taylor reached a career high of 28 and is, I think, the fourth golfer this year after their win to reach his career high. So uh, another, again, unexpected win. The course or the tournament, I should say, was, I don't know if marred is the right word, but definitely controversy is a little bit more of the story than the playoff, which is unfortunate because the golf was outstanding this weekend. I think this tournament is going to have to figure something out. It It's challenging to bill yourself as the party stop on the PGA Tour and then go back for and and make changes that take that nature of the tournament away. What I mean by that is if they move going forward where they are you know a lot of what they did this year in the second half of the tournament, right? Limit alcohol sales, uh limit spectators and and those sorts of things. I don't know that the tournament will like what does the tournament have if it doesn't have that? That's part of the problem with this tournament not being a signature event that we talked a little bit about last week. This tournament is the most popular on the tour because it is enjoyable. And there's a lot of complaining about the fact that the attendees, the spectators, they're not really golf fans. They're just there to party. And my counter to that is there's a lot of people who go to sporting events, all sporting events, who are not fans of the sport. So, so, Golf is not unique in that regard. I would say most of the time, if you're going to a golf event, you are there because you know a lot about golf. This venue is different 
in the sense that it attracts an audience that is outside the sport. Most other sports do that. Most other sports have a, not necessarily a fan-centric approach, but fans are a part of the overall environment and atmosphere. You watch college basketball games. The, the, the students who go there don't necessarily know anything about basketball. Some of them very likely do, but they're there to support the team. They're there to go crazy. They're there to rile up the opponent. How many football fans do you watch games with who don't know all the rules? Right, soccer. The, those the the matches are attended. They're they're full stadiums all over the world. It doesn't mean that everybody knows all of the rules. So this argument that this event attracts people from outside the sport and thereby diminishes the sport itself to me is a losing argument. It, golf is a is a sport where you should try to attract more fans. Now I'm not saying that the the atmosphere that we saw this past weekend is what needs to be replicated that I'm not saying that at all but I, I I don't think that the the way to solve for the event uh, the issues that it had is to say something along the lines of like we need to draw more golf fans and and less of these these fans who don't know much about the sport you want to draw people in who don't know much about the sport that's how you get them interested in the sport and get them to be longer term fans given all that, I don't know what's going to happen with this event moving forward. I think this was a little bit of a turning point for it, though. Uh, there likely was too much celebration, too much partying, too much alcohol, all those sorts of things. I will, I will grant that, but I don't think the solution is to go 180 degrees because then you have you still have this this 16th hole, which is of course unique in the sport but what else do you have as a draw for this event the the reason that this event is so successful year over year is because it is fun i don't know that golf has a reputation for being a fun sport and to take that away i think is a little bit of a mistake so cha uh, changes are certainly in store for the waste management phoenix open next year We'll see how that goes. I think this will be something that will be in the works for a few years. Maybe they make some changes next year that are a little bit too severe and then uh, find some sort of middle ground in the years to come. But again, this makes the case for making it a signature event. There are a lot in the first half of the schedule or first third of the schedule really before the Masters. So I understand the case for not making it one. But this event... Again, if it doesn't have this party atmosphere, what's the draw separate from that? A signature event would uh, replace that that element in my mind. So on to this weekend at the Genesis Invitational. This is in Los Angeles and the course itself. Let's, let's talk about that before we get into some of our plays. It is a par 71, 7,322 yards. There are some long par fours on this course and arguably it has the best short par four on the tour that 10th hole with the one of the most narrow fairways you will see it is tricky 
it, it's misleading because it's short. You think you can birdie the hole, but the the layout of it is so challenging and there are so many different ways to play it and we'll likely see many different ways to play that 10th hole from all the different golfers on the field uh, or in the field this weekend. The 18th hole is, I think, a pretty special hole as well. It plays uphill right to the the Riviera Golf uh, Club itself, which it's just really cool. It looks cool, and uh, th- those two holes to me are uh, what make this course overall one of the one of the better ones to watch from a spectator standpoint, especially on TV. Uh, putting so the 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 putting surface is Poana, and that can be really challenging, especially if it's fast, which it does tend to play fast here. And if you are not on the greens and you are in the rough, it is very challenging to get out of the rough given the surface of uh, the roughs, which is I I am going to have a little bit of a challenge of pronouncing this. I think it's called Kikuya grass, and the 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 challenge with this grass is that it's it's like thick. And it can claw your your putter or your your uh, your club, and it can claw the ball a little bit. And so, you you if if people are you know if golfers are stuck in that rough, um, it can be uh, it can be very challenging to get out of it. Let's just say that. So we may see some golfers if they do struggle to get onto fairways. Uh, that we could see some, you know, double and triple bogeys throughout the weekend. I think that's uh, that's definitely in the cards because of the uniqueness of that uh, surface. The first hole uh, is a par five. It's a short par five, and it is one of the easier holes uh, that you'll see in uh, this this the PGA Tour. It is. Uh, uh, again, a shorter par five, and if you want to be successful at this course, Riviera Country Club, you basically have to birdie that hole to get off on a good start. So let's talk about some past winners here. John Rahm won last year by two strokes over Max Homa. Max Homa has won this tournament as well. Adam Scott, who's in the field, has won here and uh, some runner-ups include Cam Young, uh, who is an interesting play this weekend, Justin Thomas, Colin Marikawa, and uh, Keegan Bradley, among others. And um, this, the, these greens, this Poana surface is typical of golf courses on the West Coast. So looking at players who, who uh, are from the, the West Coast of the United States, uh, wondering if they might have an advantage given that this uh, this uh, green, these greens, they'll be familiar to them because it would have grown up on them. Is this the tournament where a favorite, it's weird to say emerges, but finally takes the reins a little bit. We haven't seen it really at all this year so far. Wyndham Clark is, I would say, the one who was uh, the, the shortest odds out of all of the tournaments so far this, this year to win this tournament right now, if we look at the leaderboard on DraftKings, Scotty Scheffler, who had a very good tournament last week, is still uh, the favorite. He will be the favorite for uh, very many tournaments this year, uh, especially if he continues his play. Now, he didn't win, of course, last weekend, but he did play very well, and uh, that's really all it takes, quite honestly, for um, 
for him to stay at top leaderboards in terms of betting. So Scotty Scheffler is uh, first in the minds of the odds makers at plus 600. Then we have Rory McIlroy at plus or at 10 to 1. And McIlroy is interesting because he struggled at Pebble Beach, but he did do very well uh, in the Dubai part of the European Tour, finishing tied for second and first his last couple events. So if you're looking just at PGA Tour results, you might think that McIlroy is struggling, but he just had a bad Pebble Beach tournament. Before that, he was still uh, in top four. Victor Hovland is 14 to one. He took last week off uh, to work on his swing. So he uh, should be ready to go for the uh, tournament this weekend. He was essentially preparing for this tournament last weekend and did not participate in the Waste Management Phoenix Open. After that, we have Xander Schauffele at 16 to 1 alongside Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas, and Colin Marikawa. They're all at 16 to 1. And then rounding out the top 10, we have Max Homa at 20 to 1, Sam Burns at 22 to 1, and Ludwig Oberg at 22 to 1 as well. Familiar names outside the top 10 include Jordan Spieth at 25 to 1, Adam Scott at 30 to 1. Again, winner this year, Wyndham Clark 35 to 1 alongside Cam Young. And then deeper into the field, we have names like Jason Day at 50 to 1, JT Poston at 50 to 1, and uh, deeper into the field, uh, Nick Taylor last year, or sorry, last week's winner was is uh is posted at 90 to 1. So that's what the leaderboard looks like right now on DraftKings. So who are some of our favorite plays for the weekend? Well, let's start with somebody that <laughs> I <laughs> said I think it was even last week that I was going to avoid, <clears throat> but I can't really avoid given his amazing track record here and that is Max Homa. His last four tournaments here, he's finished 5th, 1st, 10th, and 2nd in his last four. So that's a really hard stat to ignore. And so despite his uh, uneven, maybe just not, he he can play much better than he's played so far this year, right? And I think that is, that goes kind of without saying. And I was of the impression that I was going to wait a little bit to see um, Homa produce a result before getting on board with him. But these odds are pretty good for him given the one, the field, which I, I don't know that it's very deep. And two, given who his odds, he has longer odds than some people who I think he should finish ahead of, like Victor Hovland, who has struggled so far this year and again took time off. Uh, Xander Schauffele at 16 to 1 and Morikawa at 16 to 1. I think he could easily finish ahead of those three. So he is somebody that we definitely have our eyes on for this weekend. Scotty Scheffler, of course, at 6 to 1. You have to consider him. He, again, even though he didn't win last weekend, he's still playing really, really well. Someone else we have our eye on here at the pod is Adam Scott. He has an outstanding track record at this tournament, and he is playing pretty well so far. He seems to be uh, putting better 
than what we're uh, normally accustomed to seeing from him. He's probably higher in terms of odds at this tournament than you would see at other tournaments just because of his history here. Again, he is at 30 to 1, and he is someone we definitely have our eyes on. Someone that we're also watching that we're not going to play, but we're curious about. The main reason we're curious about him is because out of uh, the research that we were doing for this episode, everybody was kind of talking about him. And that's Will Zalatoris. He's coming off of back surgery, and uh, he does have a decent track record at majors relative to how he plays uh, at other uh, tournaments. So this not being a major, that's, that's a little bit of an interesting factoid, but uh, that's been his track record. He is at 55 to 1, and his plus 10 odds are uh, plus 450. And again, a lot of people were just talking about him, wondering if this could be a tournament where he could step up. And uh, I mean, he's been okay. He, I think he, I think he played last weekend and finished maybe in 13th, something like that, uh, if I'm remembering right off the top of my head. So he's somebody that uh, people are definitely watching. Uh, another player that we have our eyes on is Nikolai Hoygaard. He has a great short game and his he's been playing well. He's finished uh, 7th, 2nd, and 31st these last three events that he's played. And he's at um, plus 4,500. He's only one at plus 4,500 right now on DraftKings. He is somebody that we are going to uh, consider and we have our eyes on. So let's get to some of our picks. We are going to go with Max Homa, even though we promised you that we were not going to. We can't ignore these four top 10 finishers that he's had the last four times here. We can't ignore the fact that he... Uh, understands the California circuit of the PGA Tour as well as anybody. And just where he is position-wise relative to his competitors, the odds are fantastic. So plus 2,000, we are going to take uh, Max Homa to win. The other player that we are going to put money on to win is Seth Thagala. Thagala is putting really, really well. He's playing well in general, and he knows this uh, this California circuit as well, having gone to Pepperdine University. So Sahit the Gala, who played very well last weekend at the uh, Waste Management Open, he did fade a little bit in the, on that on that Sunday towards you know like the back nine or so holes, but he played very well throughout that tournament. He seems to be starting to put together a little bit of a run. And this is feeling a little bit like a breakout year for him. We think that this momentum could carry into this tournament, and we're going to put some, um, we're going to put say a unit on Sahit Tagala at plus thirty five hundred to win. So those are our two plays for winners. Max Homa. Those are the two best plays we like. Max Homa at plus two thousand on DraftKings and Sahit Tagala at plus thirty five hundred. A couple other plays that we like to round out the episode. We are going with Luke List to finish in the top 30 at plus 130. He is one of the better putters on this surface. He is not known for his putting in general. He is known for being one of the better ball strikers on tour. 
but he can putt on this surface and the statistics back that up. So we like a top 30 play for Luke List at plus 130 over on DraftKings. And then the parlay that we're going to play, we were looking at the parlays uh, on uh, DraftKings. We didn't really like really much of any of them except one that stood out because it involved one, Adam Scott, who we really like this weekend given his track record here. Two, Cam Young, because he has finished as high as second here. And then one, or the third one, the third leg of this is Patrick Cantlay. So the the play that we like parlay-wise is Patrick Cantlay, top five, Adam Scott, top 10, and Cam Young, top 20. Those odds are the same as Sahit Tagales to win at plus 3,500. So the play that we like the best out of these four is... I hate to say it, but it's Max Homa at plus 2,000. Then Luke List at plus 130. Then we like Thagala at, actually, no. We like the Cantlay Scott Young play better. And then Thagala fourth. So we would put, say, uh, a unit on Homa at plus 2,000, a unit on List at uh, plus 130 for top 30, and half a unit on can't lay top five, Scott top 10, Cam Young top 20 for plus 3,500, and then another half unit on Sahit the Gala at plus 3,500. Those are going to be our four plays. As we close out the episode here, I want to give a couple shout outs. Take a look at uh, mattycovers.substack.com. His newsletter has some great statistics on uh, this tournament, uh, and his predictions are listed there. It is free to subscribe. So I recommend subscribing to his newsletter, not just for golf information, but he's got some really good track records in college basketball and other sports that he covers. Uh, there is a little bit of overlap with what he has for his best bets versus ours here on a par four parlay, but I'll let you check that out for yourself over at maddiecovers.substack.com. Consider subscribing. Again, it's free and you'll find a, a treasure trove of information. Again, not just in golf, but in the sports betting world in general. And if you are interested in fantasy golf, consider going to golftraftchallenge.com and clicking on the contact us button to uh, talk to the folks over there who do a, an outstanding job running fantasy golf sites. And uh, they do it in a unique and fun way that you won't really see elsewhere within the fantasy golf space. Uh, those guys over at Golf Draft Challenge, they like Cam Young and Adam Scott this week as well. Also, uh, Wyndham Clark and Adam Svensson are two golfers that they have their eyes on for this weekend. So check that out as well. Golfdraftchallenge.com. Click on the Contact Us button. Start a conversation with them and you'll find out how unique they are in this space and how much fun it can be uh, to uh, start up a, a fantasy golf league with the guys over there. So that'll do it for this episode of Par 4 Parlay. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Enjoy the golf this weekend, and we will see you next time.